0: welcome to the sos church stockholm podcast we are an international church in the heart of stockholm that meets every sunday at 12 p.m at Drottninggatan 81. the celebration is in english with translation into swedish farsi and spanish our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations living the book of acts kind of life in stockholm into the ends of the earth We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Tell you, he's a phenomenon. Uh, Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but in my independent Swedish way, I like the way Jesus is when I picture him, and there are different ways you can look and think about Jesus. Some would just have this religious painting on the wall, and that is the picture you have of, of Him. And, and tradition have taught us a, a little bit about this little child lying in the crib doing Christmas. And <laughs> maybe some parts of it is true, and, but it's not the whole picture. And the Bible is really the source of it. Uh, and the Bible is recorded eyewitnesses, so what I want to do today is I read a little bit about the story when someone experienced Jesus, and uh, let's go to Luke chapter 19 and verse 1, and we just jump in to this story, and perhaps that will just change our perspective of things. Jesus, he entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was, a, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, it's important, he was short, so he did, did something about it, uh, and, and he couldn't uh, not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, and since Jesus was coming in that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately i must stay at your house today so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly all the people saw this and began to mutter he has gone to be a guest of a sinner but Zacchaeus he stood up and said to the lord look lord here and now i give half of my possession to the poor And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man, to he, he is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that we can gather here in downtown Stockholm and I pray that Jesus, that you will just enter this place and meet all of us today so we understand who you are and what you want to bring to us, that we will experience grace in a way that we never experienced before. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know if you ever met Grace. Have you met Grace? I'm not talking about the person Grace today. Or maybe I am. Uh, when I was 15 years old, uh, we had a major event at my middle school. Uh, it was an event against bully, you know, not putting other people down. And we have a, they have a, invited uh, a famous Swedish artist. She was the biggest at that time. Her name was Robin. You, re- you know who Robin was? She was famous. Uh, do you, re- you know Robin now, but this is how Robin looked like <clears throat> a long time ago. And she was singing, do you really want me at, at my school? But, and it was crowded. It was so many people there at my middle school. So, and me and my cool friends, we, we understood that we have no way to get in, in front of everyone and get her attention. So we did a game plan. And so as she was stepping out on the stage, me and my friends at the back, we shouted out her name, and then we started to undress ourselves. (laughs) This is so, I'm I'm a little bit embarrassed. And I took off my T-shirt, and I had a big R on my, you know, on my belly. And my friends, they had, uh, you know, her name, Robin. And we shout and, and, and every, you know, it was a lot of people there. And it was cameras from the newspaper and they just turned uh, all around and we got the in- attention. We were stealing it. And I, I just remember the way she uh, reacted on it. She yes uh, yeah, bring them to me. <laughs> I didn't count on that. And the entire day, I had to go around the school with, without a shirt, with her, her R on my belly. And drinking lemonade. <laughs> because she, just, she understood that we were the cool guys, and she needed to handle them a little bit better. Yeah. So, I was thinking about doing the same way today, just pull off my shirt and yeah all of that yeah you know the, me and my friends we were pranking that event and we want to make something funnier all over and, and we wanted the attention but that was not the case with Zacchaeus he didn't want the attention of nobody he but he was curious about Jesus he wanted to sneak up and have have understanding of the new kid on the block because Zacchaeus he ruled that area in a way that was not good. So, and he thought that Jesus was a challenger of his business. We need to understand that Zacchaeus, he was more or less like a gangster. He was one of those guys that talked about himself in a third person. You know, John, John, Jonathan, that guy, you know, he was doing some great stuff around the city. Uh, this is probably, a, I have a picture of Sakel when he was, you know, going around in Stockholm, maybe. He was, a, he was a real deal gangster. And maybe he became a gangster in that way because of his shortcoming. You know, he was a little bit short, so he had, <laughs> he had to, you know, compensate a little bit about his length. So if I'm not having the respect that I deserve, I, then I need to take that respect. And when we were reading this, uh, yeah, yeah what, he's not a ta- he was not a gangster, he was a tax collector. Yeah, you need to understand that it, he was not working at Skatteverket. <laughs> that, he didn't work at Skatteverket, this guy. He was allied with the occupiers. The Romans occupiers, in his own, you know, uh, region, yes. in he had, you know, the authority to, to squeeze people of uh, money. He could pull all of your money in, you know. Jonathan wants all of your money, <laughs> so just pull, just give it to me, and he squeezed the money for the Romans make sure that they were, had their pockets full, and then he got some money by himself. And I don't know how it began for Zacchaeus. He was running some errands in the beginning, and then uh, they thought that he has potential. Maybe he can do a little bit more of our business. And then he became a tax collector, having his own area that he can run. And he was doing it very good, and... So the Romans, they thought that maybe he can be the chief tax collector, the, the big, you know, guy that controls all of it. And, they, and then he became the chief tax collector, and he had other people. Maybe, Walter, you, can, me can, you and me can do some business, and maybe you can do some business with me, Sablo, not you, but Sablo. <laughs> Sablo can make some business there, and Douglas, I want him. You are my tax collector, and uh, you can take control of uh, Östermalm. You can take uh, control of Norrmalm, and then you can have the entire Södertälje. You may make sure. And you, if you can get some, get some money for yourself, that's okay, but I need some money for myself, and then the Romans. You see the picture. So Zacchaeus, he was hated. No one liked Zacchaeus. He was a thug. He was tough. So when Jesus was looking out on that tree and seeing him and asking him to come down and and telling him that, Zacchaeus, I want to come home to your place. The people, they muttered. They didn't understand at all. They wanted Jesus to tell Zacchaeus that you are a bad boy. (laughs) That you have been doing wrong and you need to turn your life around and make sure you never do that again. They were so upset. And you and me, we probably would be a lot upset as well. And maybe we feel a bit upset when we see grace upon people that doesn't deserve it. Zacchaeus didn't deserve Jesus visiting him that day. And I didn't deserve Jesus giving me grace when I was 18 years old and been doing so many things. Things wrong but yet he met with Zacchaeus and yet he met with me the thing is that we have this sin scale I think uh, we have a scale of sin and and we measure sin in different ways and we think that sometimes if I'm not doing <clears throat> too much damage it's just a small sin that will be a, that would be okay <laughs> And I may, and we, we divide th- different things in different small and large sins. We have small sins. i um, doing small sins sometimes. And then we have small, medium sins. <laughs> I, I noticed a little bit earlier today there were somewhere over there you were doing some small, medium sins. And there were some medium, <laughs> medium, small sins as well and we have this medium sins maybe someone was doing some medium sins last night or last week and then we have this medium large uh, sins and we have, we have this large sins as well and and the scale is shifting the small the, you know small sins that wouldn't god wouldn't act on that right i would still come to heaven but when we are coming up to this medium and medium-large and maybe large or the extra-large. <laughs> but now, in this story, we have this super size extra-large Zacchaeus sitting up in the fig tree. I would moderate as well because it doesn't feel good. And now Jesus is talking to him. It seems like we are looking at sin as a substance and depending on the amount of it that will affect the ability of God to do things in our life. We think that, okay, if we have some small sins over here, then God can, he can move in and change it. But if the we are coming up into the large sin and an extra large sin, then the power of God is reduced and he probably won't be able to change the situation. Zacchaeus didn't deserve the attention of Jesus, yet he got it. And it's not only the sin tree that we are climbing. Many of us as as well, if you've been in faith in Jesus for a while and call yourself a Christian. We have other trees that we want to climb and ladders. We think that we can deserve the attention of God by being a little bit of a religious person that makes everything great and do everything correct. And then when we fail, the condemnation comes into Ourselves and we put ourselves like, oh, now I've been living in such a sin, and God won't be able to do something. We climb a religious ladder as well. We try to compensate our shortcomings and we try to make ourselves look a little bit better. But Jesus he is, has another view of it, and he teaches us that we will we need to beware of this and make sure that we don't paint a better picture of ourselves than what is actually correct in Matthew chapter 23 it says that for those who exalt themselves will be humble and those who humble themselves will be exalted and my question today and the thing that will change everything and I want you to get hold of is that have you met grace? But to have understanding, if you have met grace, you need to understand what grace is. And the Bible has um, has such a deep um, translation and um, has such a deep meaning in the word of grace. Uh, Strong's dictionary uh, actually has eight different definition of grace and i can go into a deep bible study and and go through all of it but yet you will walk out of here not changed and not having understood anything and einstein says that if you can't explain it to a six-year-old you don't understand it yourself and grace is something in church that is used all the time it's like a concept i never heard a a single sermon without the word grace, and we don't maybe understand it to the fullness because there are such a deep meaning of it. But I want you and me to have it a good understanding. So I made not one of the deep, strong dictionary definition of grace today, I got the Google meaning of grace today because that will help you a lot. Grace means to get something you absolutely do not deserve. Grace means to get something you absolutely do not deserve. And not get what you deserve. It has a double meaning of it. Grace means to get something you absolutely do not deserve. And not get what you deserve. Grace, it's a little bit hard to grasp. Her. And I will make it very simple. I'm turning 37 next year. No, 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 sorry, next month. <laughs> I wish I was turning 37 next year, but I'm turning next month. And I really like my birthday, and I really, really like surprise parties. So I've been planning a surprise party for myself. And this is actually Pastor Koffer's um, translation about grace. And if we can deserve grace or not. It's the same as me planning a surprise party for myself as deserving grace. Because grace is given freely. Grace is nothing and can never be deserved. Uh, So, but you're welcome to my surprise party if you bring a a present or a gift to me. (laughs) And grace is not logical at all. And it it feels a bit strange as well. It's grace, when we we experience it, when we get something that we don't deserve, or we don't get what we deserve, it feels like. This big hug. Douglas is a hugger, (laughs) and the difference between me and Douglas is a is one small difference. He's a hugger. He loves it. Have you been hugging Douglas? Anyone that hugged Douglas? The big difference is that I'm not a hugger. (laughs) I feel this very strange feeling every time Douglas comes near. I don't really know how to act or react. And I stand there for a while and he hugs me so long. And then I finally take up my arm and I cry out. That is God's grace. You don't really know how to react, do you? when grace of God comes upon you during the worship or when you lift up your hand or when you walk, wake up in the morning and open up your Bible you know what you've been doing you, all, you know all the mistakes you've been running but yet you feel the presence of God and the forgiveness and you start to cry and you feel this is silly but it feels good that is God's grace it's like a hug of Douglas That is God's grace. I want you to understand what God's grace (laughs) is. And my main point is to just bring it down a little bit. to To give you something that you have an understanding of. And that you can bring grace out from this venue. Is that... Grace is not a concept, it's not a word or religious term that we just can use when it feels good. But grace, the best way to have an understanding of grace and the word and what the meaning of it is that grace actually is a person. That grace is a person. It says in John chapter 1 and verse 14 that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John the baptizer, he testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one that I spoke about when I said, he who's coming after me, he suppresses me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we, all, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. In Swedish, Nord och åter nåd. When we meet Jesus, we meet God's grace. And it's an overflowing grace that doesn't run out. It's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. It's enough. It's an ongoing grace. Grace is God meeting us when we need Him the most in the person of Jesus Christ. Grace is a person. Grace changes everything. Grace doesn't give us what we deserve. But give us something that we don't deserve. Forgiveness and love and family partnership in a place near the living God. And sometimes it feels a little bit risk of speaking about too much grace in church because we all need to balance grace, right? If I'm talking a little bit too much about grace, dog that we go out. No, no, yes, yeah. Someone maybe feel that I will go out and I can do whatever I will because God is full of grace and His grace and now we can just cover all of it. Yes, it will cover everything, but then you haven't understand anything because grace is a person. First of all, I don't, I don't think that you know, talking about too much grace and give people grace is the problem. I don't think if I give you more grace, you will sin even more because people are quite good and I'm also quite good at doing mistakes without grace. Just go, I was out walking the streets last night and I saw some issues and problems with it was prostitutes and there were people making profits in different ways and selling drugs and it's such a damaged world. And now we haven't included grace at all, and people are just doing it anyway. So I don't think that is the the issue, that we're talking too much grace. And the second thing is that real grace changes people. There's a pastor in the U.S. called Mark Batterson, and he's an author too. And he writes like this, that when you show grace, you can turn someone's worst situation into a turning point. Grace is a catalyst. For change. You remember the sinful woman that crashes the Pharisees party? Jesus was there. He, she was invited and she just sneaked in into that party and she was crying and she was anointing Jesus' feet with oil. And people thought that she was acting weird and it was not properly but Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. She's been living in the darkness of dark. And, but then she met grace, and that changed her. And she was loving on Jesus, pouring out her heart, worshiping him. More than the Pharisees that tried to live a correct religious life. And it said that the son, he came to seek what was lost. Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus and showed him grace. And that became the turning point, right? Because he have wanted to change his life because Jesus had seen him. And what? And we have a better understanding about grace if we get hold of this, that grace is a person. To say, I can continue to live whoever I want, then you haven't met grace. You have you have met the word. But I want you today to meet a person and look that person into the eye, his eyes. And let that change you. And so when you walk out of here, you're not walking just with another word in your mind, but with that person. Because that will change your situation. That will make your life worth living. I've been married 16 years this summer. That is grace, huh? 16. I'm, I'm, this is our 17th year. So uh, that's just amazing. And uh, I have done my share <laughs> to make it run, run and work. No, no, no. My wife, she's amazing. All the credit for her. You know, she's the best. She, she understands me. She understands what our family needs. She makes it work in our family with the kids. We have four boys. And and she's just so awesome. And I love her deeply. And she loves me deeply. (laughs) And she's the best thing in our family. Really, she is. And she's super hot. And I'm happy for that. And I'm not ashamed of that. And the thing is that I've never been thinking like this. I've been married for 16 years old. And it's never crossed my mind that Anna, she loves me so much. And she has been supporting me for so many years. And she is making me so happy. Maybe I should go out and cheat a little bit. And she, since she's loving me so much, maybe, yeah, if I go out just having a good time for my own and meet a, someone younger, she will probably forgive me if I come back. She will just make that work again. Never. That's just sick to think about that. She loves me so much, then I can go on and do whatever I want. You know, next slide. I'm not married to a concept of marriage. I'm not married to this ring. I'm not married to something that is just man-made up. I'm loyal not because that you witnesses my marriage. I'm loyal to a person. I'm loyal to Anna. Anna. And it's the same way with grace. It transforms us. But if it's only a word, then we, yeah, we can use, yeah, I have an extra card here in my pocket when I come up to heaven and it says, oh, pass on, you're free to go. That is not grace. That is not how it works. But grace is a person. Grace is Jesus. Jesus is grace. I hope that will just paint the picture a little bit better for you. So now you understand what grace is. So how to meet grace. It's a good person to get get to meet. First of all, how to meet grace. This is my dating tip, okay? (laughs) Now, first of all, climb down the tree. The tree is a symbol of pride. And we can have a pride that we can make it on our own. But we can also have a religious tree or a letter. We need to just climb, climb down. James chapter 4 and verse 6 says that God opposes the proud but shows favor or grace to the humble. I don't know my best. My, best, my way is not the best. But God's way, I want to honor. Yes. I humble myself, myself. I climb down. I bend my knee. God, I need you. I want you. So first of all, climb down. Stop trying to deserve your place at the king's table. And the second thing is that we need to invite Jesus home, just as Zacchaeus was doing. Come, at, to, come home to me. See all the cor- corners of my life. Be part of all of it. James continues on that we should come near to God, and he will come near to us. If we climb down from our pride, and we humble ourselves, and then we invite and Draw near to Him, then God can come near to us. That is how we can meet with grace. What would happen if we, as a church, become a little bit better of showing grace? I've been praying that SOS Church should be a place where grace is, is filled with grace, that people who come here and take a step in here we just feel embraced and loved and hugged a human hug but mostly and most importantly it's it's a spiritual hug a hug from the heavenly father that's just embrace whatever situation that person is in what if we as a church could become a little bit better on that Showing grace, if there's something you can do to make it a little bit warmer, better, I would be such a so honored if that would be the outcome of this sermon. Okay, so you embarrassed yourself, but it's okay, I embarrass myself as well. I will help you just. Share whatever is on your heart or on your mind or what has happened to you. Okay, it was not good that you messed up, but hey, I messed up too. Can I pray together with you? Can I just share my heart? Can we maybe change all of this mess into a message? Maybe you you can help someone What, what you've been going through. What if SOS Church could be a house of grace? Just love people. It doesn't mean that we support every stupid mistake and things that we we people do, but it makes us human. And it makes us a bridge between God and, and that person. Jesus didn't come here to judge the world, but to save it. He knew that Zacchaeus, when he meet, met with him, he would be changed. I met Grace, I met Jesus when I was 18 years old. I was walking home from a party night. I missed the last bus home and I was a little bit drunk. I used to tell you how it was and I felt like the biggest loser in the entire world. I was such a shame on myself and what I've been doing. And I said, God, if you're there, I need you. It's not much that I have. Can you do anything with it? And at my worst point in life, that big hug from heaven just showed up and pulled me in. And during that night I was transformed, feeling a love I never felt before. A love that changed me from the from the inside and out. A love that wants to the a love that I feel that that makes me want to do a little bit better. Make that Jesus a little bit proud. God, a little bit proud. Not that I, because that I, that, that I have to, but because I want to. I, I don't need to read the Bible, but I want to. I was 18 years old, and it totally changed me. So I became a Jesus freak. He's the best thing about my life. He's the thing that changed me, but His grace also changes me. I need His grace today. I need His grace tomorrow. I need His grace to transform me and my family. We all need grace.